Welcome back, everybody. It's Taco Tuesday! I'm Alex Padilla. I'm Alex Regla. Well, here we are, another week later. Alex Regla at Alex M. Regla. How are you doing this week, man? I'm doing pretty well. I'm trying to keep busy as much as I can, but uh, yeah, it feels weird. Like this is starting to feel like normal. I don't, I don't really like that. It is starting to feel like normal. That's a great way of saying it. This is definitely starting to feel like normal. Uh, California started this stay at home thing 13 days ago. So we are about 13 days into it here on a taco Tuesday. Um, but yeah, it does. It is starting to feel a little normal and I don't like that. I don't like that. It Like Tuesday doesn't have a feel anymore, right? Like no day has like a feel like they used to like Fridays or weekends are just kind of all blurred together. I do a daily uh, sports talk show, um, and yesterday when I posted the show, I put Wednesday. <laughs> it was Monday, so that's just how I'm doing. I, I, you're right. Like the, I guess because I still do a show from my house Monday through Friday, like the weekends seem like the weekend still, but Monday through Friday, it all starts blurring together real quick. Uh, but there is some news, uh, big news when it considered when you're talking about the Lakers. This just came down here. We're sitting here recording on a Tuesday afternoon. Uh, according to Dave McMenamin of ESPN, uh, two weeks after two unnamed L.A. Laker players tested positive for COVID-19, the team announced today that all of its players are currently symptom free. So that is the biggest news concerning the Lakers at this moment. Yeah, that's great news. Like uh are, are you kind of surprised that we didn't ever get the names of the two players, like other teams? I would say I was disappointed. You're just dis- you uh, like you just I wanted was, to know curiosity. I, I just think it's a good public service because it was, you know, we're you know basketball was canceled three weeks ago, and I know that they say like two to fourteen days is is the the time that of exposure to the to the virus, and we won't talk about this. We actually have something cool to talk about today, I think. But this is just what came down. Um, I was disappointed because I think it's a public service because there's these people are so well known and they are a public figure that if you had any interaction with this player at a game or anywhere, it's good to know that you were exposed to the virus. Um, I think, you know, you see there's been three players, uh, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, Marcus Smart. They all came out, announced that they were positive. And that way you knew, like, if you had any interaction with them, there was a chance that you were exposed to it. I was pretty disappointed that no Laker came out and said who it was. I understand the privacy of it all, but I just think as a public figure, you kind of have a little bit of a responsibility to the strangers that you deal with on a day-in, day-out basis. That's kind of why I was disappointed in it. Yeah, I think um, pretty soon after Rudy Gobert, when it was announced that he he tested positive, I think we got some stories about some fans either also getting tested or something so yeah like that's you you want to be sure that if you had any interaction with those players like either like a high five after the game or just during an autograph session that you would go be tested because you knew that you were either near somebody who had the virus or not but um yeah i mean it's a bit surprising because like we've joked all year the lakers have been actually pretty private this season so this type of stuff hasn't really leaked out and Again, we didn't really get the information here. I'm not sure if we ever, ever will be, but uh, yeah, it, it was more surprising to me than anything that we never found out who it was. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I like I said, I understand the whole privacy thing. I just think when you're a public figure, and we still don't know who it was. I think 
some people, some players did come out and say it wasn't them. Jared Dudley, Quinn Cook, JaVale McGee's sister, I think, came out and said it wasn't. And you can kind of piece together who you, who you think might or may not have. You know, we've heard we've seen Danny Green do a Q&A for Lakers. Anthony Davis has been out in the public uh, helping out, you know, people in need in the Los Angeles area. Uh, LeBron's been very active on Instagram, and he just joined a podcast last week as well for an interview. So I would say that it's like you can maybe decipher – on your own, who you think got it by who's been private about it. Um, but that's just all hearsay. Um, but the good news is that every Laker player is symptom free. As of today, the Lakers have missed 10 games so far in the last three weeks. Uh, the playoffs should be, we should be gearing up for the playoffs. Basically. I think they would have like 10 games left or something like that in the regular season. The playoffs should be starting next week, but that's obviously not going to happen uh, today in China. They postponed their, the start of their season. They try to do some, you know, quarantine basketball out there and it just it's just been very difficult for them so the nba is going to have a real difficult time here as well most likely to get things back started and you can just i think jared dudley has been one of the best follows on twitter i don't know how many players you follow on twitter alex but jared dudley he's very active on twitter and he's you know flown out ideas of what can work how much time a player needs to to start back up because uh, you know some guys don't have basketball courts in their houses you know so it's not like they're shooting baskets every day they, they're trying makeshift ways to stay in shape so uh, i think we're a long way away from basketball unfortunately uh what do you think i mean at this point yeah it, it's there's no really indications or kind of positive signs that we're any closer than we were a few weeks ago um but uh yeah i mean until we like we get like a word or like we get over a hump here and we see that that's it's in the horizon then yeah we can start predicting to that but like you said with jared dudley um these players are going to need a few weeks just to get back into like game shape and especially if we just go straight to the playoffs like a lot of these teams are not going to be like sharp like they were like 10 games ago like we're talking about so we i wouldn't be surprised if some teams get upset if we go right into a playoff series and then the other team is just quicker and sharper than they are so yeah, I, I would like to see at least like a little mini training camp or something before we do playoffs or something. Yep, for sure. Um, so today is this week's episode for us. We're here every Tuesday. It's called Taco Tuesday. I'm Alex Padilla at AlexPadilla86 on Twitter. He's Alex at AlexMRegla on Twitter. Check him out on Twitter so you can also subscribe to his newsletter, The Throwdowns. You want to talk about that real quick? Yeah, so it's just uh, Lakers wrestling and uh, interviews and stuff. Uh, I should be writing something about the Lakers pretty soon, but yeah, it's free. It's a newsletter. It comes out every week or so. Uh, yeah, you can sign up there. Lots of wrestling still going on. That's crazy to me, but lots of wrestling <laughs> yeah. still going on. I can't believe they're going to keep doing WrestleMania, and they're still doing, what is it? Is it Mondays and Fridays that that's WWE's doing shows? Yeah, they got a show Monday, Friday, and then, yeah, like you said, WrestleMania is this weekend, two days that's now. That's so crazy, yeah. man. That's so crazy to me. And Rob Gronkowski, former Patriots tight end, hosting the whole thing, huh? <laughs> yeah. It's, I, I have no idea. Of, of all the sports, like the one with the most physical contact and stuff is still going on, so it's just nuts. Um, so this week we're going to talk about uh, players – that well, I don't really know how to describe the actual term of it, but the way I look at it is players I hated that are rivals of the Lakers. What did you go with? Because that's yeah. what I went with. I was like, which players did I hate growing up or still hate that the Lakers play? Yeah, I think that's how I, I viewed it as well. Like growing up, which players are like on certain teams? I just I would hate. Like when I when I would like see the Lakers had to play a certain team, there was always at least one player on that team I just disliked 
for either just his personality or how he handled himself or just because he would always kind of kill the Lakers and have a good game out of nowhere. So I kind of viewed it like in that criteria. So I'm going to start. I don't really have like a list. Like we're not doing like top 10 because we, we might cross over here. Mm-hmm. Chances are we are going to cross over. Uh, I will start my list by telling you the player that I hate. I wrote down five players. So for me, number five, he's like the least guy I hate. But at the time, it was very annoying to me. And that player is Blake Griffin. Mm. So, and the reason I say that, Kobe Bryant tore his Achilles in 2008. I was 2013, excuse me. I believe he played six games that year, basically. Yeah. And that's when the Lake, that's when the Clippers, I believe, also got Chris Paul. So I try to put it together, like the fall of the Lakers after their championships and the rise of the Clippers, even though they've never passed the second round. And it was pretty much right there that year, 2013. So for the next five years, the Lakers and Clippers played each other four times a year. Do you know that the Lakers only beat the Clippers three times? Yeah, it was something crazy like that. That is next level, like, what? Because the Clippers <laughs> were never good like that. The Clipper, It was a Lakers, like, overall record, I think the Lakers are still dominating by a lot. I think it's like 140 to like 60 or something like that. But in the span of five years where it was Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, Chris Paul, the Lakers only managed to beat the Clippers in the regular season three times in a span of five years. And Blake Griffin was the biggest flopper, the most yeah. annoying player that the Clippers had. Chris Paul, I didn't really realize how much of a dick he was until <laughs> later. But Blake Griffin, man, like I hated him. Now, when he got when they broke up those three and he went to Detroit, I kind of forgot about him. But when he was a Clipper, to see the Lakers struggle year in and year out and the Clippers have success and the Clippers beat them in the regular season, it pissed me off like no other. So to me, my number five guy is Blake Griffin. That's a good one. I didn't think about Blake, but uh, yeah, a lot of those points you brought up definitely hit home. Uh, and those games where they did beat the Lakers, they would blow them out. Like I remember there was a few games where they won by like at least 20 and some like, by, I think won by like 30 or something crazy like that. And And you know when those guys were together, they would just throw lobs nonstop and kind of raise that score but uh yeah blake's personality like a lot of players have come out i think jared dudley said that he was uh his least favorite teammate right like that's, yeah something like that yeah and you can kind of see that on the court like like you said he flops a lot he whines i think there was the thing about his the equipment manager on the clippers or something too so oh yeah i forgot about that yeah so it, it's kind of a little reputation he has and uh yeah he definitely rubbed it in whenever he had a chance against the lakers so that's a good one and then he like developed like a three point shot later on, and he got good at free throws. He just got progressively worse as he became a Clipper, <laughs> and it was like legit. Like, so my my roommate is a, like a diehard Clipper fan. Uh-huh. Um, he's from LA. Um, I don't know how he chose the Clippers over the Lakers when you're from LA. I still don't understand how Clipper fans exist. Like, they came from San Diego. Like, like I don't get it. But anyways, um, he's a diehard Clipper fan, and in those years, the Lakers were so bad. And it and he hates the Warriors because the Warriors kept knocking them out of the playoffs. So that's why I don't really have a hate for the Warriors. Like they never beat the Lakers in the playoffs. Yeah. Their dynasty never affected me, but they always knocked the Clippers out of the playoffs. So to me, I always have a soft spot for Steph and Clay because of that. Yeah, and it's kind of hard to like with the Clippers to find players you hate because, like you said, we've never really had to play them when it counts, like in a playoff series or. And the Clippers have never won a championship either, so it kind of makes it hard to. Like, I don't know, dislike them. I still like, they're not the little brother anymore. Like, they're obviously good. But 
it I mean they never really proven anything, especially against the Lakers. So it's more just like an annoyance. Like I that's I think that's like the best way to describe it. Yeah, for sure. Uh who's the first guy on your name on your list? Okay. So I, I kinda took it again, just like a rand I took this one as like a random player who'd always just somehow play well against the Lakers. Mm-hmm. And uh so it was a player on the Bobcats. Do you remember the Bobcats? I do remember the Charlotte Bobcats. Charlotte Bobcats. Or, yeah. So um, there is a player called Matt Carroll on that team. And he was just like okay. this random shooter off the bench. And um, the Lakers would always, it, no matter if they were a championship team or just in the playoffs, they would always struggle against the Bobcats. And against this one player, Matt Carroll, who would always just like catch fire against the Lakers. I think last week we talked about Steve Blake. And he was another mm-hmm. guy who would just randomly hit like four threes against the Lakers when he was a blazer. And Matt Curl's the same way. He's just a guy who would always get up to play the Lakers and he always kill them in his three point shooting and those teams with the Mecca Okafor and random expansion player and they would always just give the Lakers trouble. So Matt Carroll was the one guy whenever I would see him on the court. Like I knew he would have a, a big game and he always would. That is crazy because I have no recollection of Matt Carroll whatsoever. And no one I've, does. I've <laughs> even Only Googled, the Lakers I'm like would, looking at up. his picture right now and I'm like this guy was in the league? Like, I don't even remember, but he played for a long time. He played for nine years in the NBA. That's crazy. Just, again, just a random guy. Because yeah. when the Lakers come to town, they're always the team to beat, right? Like, you always want to show yes. up against the Lakers. So there's a lot of random players around the league like him. But for some reason, growing up, I would just, like, those KCAL 9 games, where I would see them against the Bobcats, and I would see Matt Carroll out there. I knew he would catch fire, and of course he would. All right. Well, Matt Carroll is your first guy on the list. Okay, this next guy is fresh, and I gotta be totally honest with you. He like causes me like some confusion because this next player is Kawhi Leonard. Ooh. And it's hard for me to say that because he went to San Diego State. I went to San Diego State. We went at the same time. We were at the school at the same time. So I loved Kawhi when he was an Aztec. I didn't mind him when he was a Spur. Uh, I, I rooted for him, but I didn't really root for the Spurs because, you know, Spurs are a big Laker rival as well. But, you know, it was great to see him become this meteoric superstar. Um, but now, what happened this offseason, just like, like, what, just what he did to the Lakers, you know, the Lakers were always playing B or C. And yeah. it just, I just felt like, are, do you watch Game of Thrones? I, I don't know. Okay. So this, this, there's, you wouldn't understand this reference. So I won't even say it, but there's a part in game of Thrones where it's just like this guy has a buddy who was like his, his, they're just, they're, they're partners. You know, they go through everything together. And then later on this buddy just stabs him right in the heart, like right in the heart and mm-hmm. kills him. And that's what I felt like when Kawhi joined the Clippers, I was like, what, what yeah. the Clippers. And then like, it was always out there that he could have joined the Clippers, but when he brought Paul George along, the other guy that was like gonna be a Laker forever, yeah. right? Like he's gonna be a Laker. He's gonna be a Laker. It's a for sure thing. It was just the most random Friday afternoon or evening. And there was an earthquake that day. It was just a weird Friday. And I just I have Kawhi as number four because now it's also brought back. It's great for basketball. It's it, the LA rivalry is there again. And uh, it's it's we were hoping that it would be there for a while, but who knows? But Kawhi is number four on my list. Yeah, I think it was just we had our hopes up, right? Like, we had this vision of him, AD, and LeBron on the same team. And it was so close. Like, it was right there. And we thought it was going to happen. But then 
when he picked the Clippers and all the reports came out, it sounded like, yeah, the Lakers weren't really the, weren't were going to, was it going to happen? He was kind of just playing them along and the Clippers were always the team. But um, like, I, I got, I got back and forth between him and like Paul George. Cause I think what Paul George did also with the whole ESPN special, like him in LA driving around uh, the city and everything saying that he wants to be a Laker and it would mean a lot to his family and all that stuff. I, I between those two, like those two guys alone, that's, a lot of uh, a lot of hate towards those guys for sure. Yeah, for sure. And then like the whole like Paul George going back to Oklahoma, doing that like house party with Russell Westbrook, and then being gone a year later. Yeah, it's just like oh, so annoying, you know. Like I I'd throw Patrick Beverly in there, but it's just it, that's still very fresh. <laughs> like there's not you know there sure. that, there's not that much history between the two, but it was just a personal thing with Kawhi. I feel personally betrayed. That's why I put him down. We spent a lot of time on, on him, right? Like, either in terms of so writing, podcasts, speculation. Like, I would refresh my phone, like, every like few minutes. Like, oh, is, did Kawhi sign yet? Do we have updates? Um, so it just felt like a waste of time that summer. Yeah, 100%. Who's the next guy on your list? All right, next guy. So this guy. I got, um, Google, I got Google ready. Oh, no, I think you know him. So I, pick, <laughs> I picked Mike Bibby. Oh, cool. Um, I really could have put that. I could have put that whole like two thousands kings on this list, but um, Mike Bibby is another guy who just like I, whenever he was open or whatever he would shoot, I would think it would go in because like he was just always would. yeah because he would. <laughs> I remember there was one play where he hit a three. And I think he stole an inbounds pass like and then just hit another three out of nowhere. Just I think there was a game winner he hit against the Lakers too in the playoffs or something like that. Just the guy, that whole team it was just a great rivalry, and I, he was always the guy like like the spearhead of it. Like he was just so good and such a good shooter. And I just, I hated that team so much growing up because they were the only team that could really beat the Lakers, like at least kind of equal them. They never would, but they, they would go to game sevens and they was just a great rivalry. And I thought Bibby was like the, this, the head of the snake for that team. And uh, it's crazy to see him now, how buff he is and all that He's stuff. He's so but, ripped now. Yeah. But I'll always have that vision of him, like in a Kings uniform, just playing against the Lakers. So Bibby for sure. I don't have one specific recollection of Mike Bibby like doing a certain play that like is a dagger against the Lakers. I remember him shooting everything between ten and twenty feet, yeah. and it went in every single shot. I don't think he ever missed. Like I legit <laughs> don't think he ever missed against the Lakers. And it was super annoying that after every first quarter he would go and tr- trim his nails on the bench. That was disgusting. Yeah, I thought it was annoying. Um, but yeah, you're right. Mike Bibby with the headband. He was a leader of the pack. It was Peja, Turkaloo, Chris Webber. Was Vladi on those teams? And Doug Christie. Well, that's I was going to get to because that's my number three oh, okay. guy on my list was Doug Christie. And I will never forget the exhibition game where he punched my dear, dear friend <laughs> Rick Fox in an uppercut like that. Like It was like, how are you going to get in a fight in a preseason game? Yeah. And then like Rick Fox was pissed off at the Lakers for even letting Doug Christie get close to him when Rick Fox actually initiated the whole freaking thing. But like... Doug Christie, every time he would make a shot, all two of them a game, he would point up. <laughs> he would point up at the sky. I, I, there might have been some, you know, good thing there for Doug Christie, but his face. You know how just guys just have a yeah. face. Like yeah, yeah, Kendrick yeah. Perkins had a face that you just hated. Um, Bonzi Wells had a face like that too. I'm just throwing out names of just faces, not like particular guys that I hated, but their faces were just so punchable. And Doug Christie was that for me. Like I never liked that guy. I still think is he does he do Kings play by play now or something? I think he does. Or I think he Yeah, I've seen him do something. I think he does play by play for the Kings, for sure. Yeah. So Mike Bibby 
and Doug Chris, that whole Kings that whole team. team. That whole because they had the other guy, the Pollard. Scott, Scott Pollard, Pollard would just use up all his fouls on Shaq. Like that, oh, that was, man. Was, yeah. And he would have all that stupid hair and like the facial hair. <laughs> and he would wear headbands. Dude, those were like some of the greatest games. And didn't Robert Ori hit the three against the Kings? He did, yeah, after Vladdy tipped it out. Yeah. Oh, thanks, Vladdy. Not only did you give us Kobe, but you gave us that <laughs> shot. It was uh it those Kings games, man. So you know, like right now that we're all in quarantine and yeah, sports networks don't really have much to play. Mm-hmm. I know yes last night on ESPN, like they aired the Rams Chiefs game from November of twenty eighteen, which is like one of the highest scoring games ever. Yeah. It was awesome. I would love to. I know the NBA is doing it, and I think Spectrum is also airing classic Laker games, but I would love to see that Robert Ori game again because I don't remember much else but that because it was so long ago. Yeah. But I would love to see that game because I think it was, it, you know, when you're down, like a lot of us are down right now, that's a, that's a good pick-me-up. Yeah, it'd be cool to see all those, like maybe the whole series or something, like a week stretch of just, I think it was like a seven-game series, like maybe each day one of the games or something but yeah that was i missed those playoff games that's why i'm so bummed we, we might not see the playoffs this year because i miss seeing the lakers in the playoffs because those games are always intense and like we were nervous for regular season games against the clippers like imagine playoff games against the clippers this year like they've been they've been insane yeah not only that but it's like we were gonna see playoff basketball for the first time as that's, a laker yeah. in like seven years uh so now this let's just say that let's just worst case scenario the streak doesn't the the league doesn't come back the streak continues right that's eight years in a row yeah i mean i technically i think this was the season that was played i don't think they're gonna wipe any of the stats or anything so i don't think any team would make the playoffs so that would just extend i think yeah yeah so hopefully they come back just for that at least yeah at, at this point man at this point no matter what like no matter what happens in the NBA, if it finishes, if it doesn't, if there's a champion, if there isn't, there's going to be an asterisk next to this season, mm-hmm. no matter what. So whether the Lakers win it, whether whoever wins it, there's going to be, yeah, but that was the year of coronavirus. Yeah. You know, like it's always going to be like, that was a, a massive stop to the season. That was uh, who knows what the playoffs look like. So, I mean, it won't be the same even if the Lakers win it. I'll still treat it like a championship if it happens. For sure. Yeah. It's not going to be the same. So, anyways, uh, I, I, Doug Christie was my number three guy. So, I, let's go with your number three guy. Okay. Number they were basically, I, like I said, we were going to cross over. So, it's not really like a top ten today. It's just five guys that each of us wrote down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I picked J.J. Barea. And J.J. Barea. <laughs> again, he's a guy like Carol, like Bibby. Just for some reason... Whenever he plays against the Lakers, it doesn't matter if he's a rookie. If it was just up to like last season where he was barely still in the league, he would just torch them. He's so small, so quick, and just able to just get past every single Laker defender and score at the rim despite his size. He would just come in and kill the Lakers in the playoff series. Like He was just unstoppable. And uh, famously, Andrew Bynum kind of clotheslined him, and he got suspended in that series, and the Lakers would end up losing that series. And... He was just like this instigator and this like pest on the Mavericks and just the Lakers couldn't stop him. And I would, I would always, I think I'm always going to hate JJ Brea and he could play for 40 years. And I think he'll still score like 10, 15 <laughs> points off the bench against the Lakers. It's funny. Cause like when you watch basketball games, like you, we could all watch the same game and we can see different things, you know, like JJ Brea never really bothered me. I know what you're saying. I do mm-hmm. remember him having big, 
like highlights against the Lakers in those in like in the was it like 2010s around there around there yeah um up until you know Robert Sacre was on the team I remember those like fourth quarters that he just kind of took over but the, I what what I can connect with you on this is I cannot remember the last time the Lakers had a point guard that could stop fast point guards like Damian Lillard Russell Westbrook like these Allen Iverson these guys have notoriously yeah. killed the Lakers forever like they the Lakers have not had a shutdown point guard defender that I could even remember maybe Lonzo Ball maybe like for the year or two but he was <laughs> you know in and out I don't know like I'm really trying to think cuz like it was Derek Fisher it was Ron Harper it was you know guys like that now it's like LeBron James and and Rajon Rondo so I, like the Lakers have never had that elite defensive point guard or at least someone that could even keep up with guys like that. So that's how I can connect with – I just always – every time the Lakers played a fast point guard, I knew we were screwed because we had no one to defend them. Exactly. And I think that's why a couple of guys on my list are point guards, just because it brings back those memories that the Lakers not, not being able to stop these guys and them just doing what they want. Like Damon Stoudemire when he was with mm-hmm. the Blazers and just – Tony. Mike oh, Debbie. my God, like Tony Parker when he was at the Spurs, he would just yep. destroy the Lakers and – yeah, it's just a frustrating like Achilles heel of this team that like, it's probably just going to be there forever. Like I don't know when that's going to change. <laughs> I mean, the fact that Rajon Rondo is playing over Alex Caruso, it just like I think it just might be a cursed position. <laughs> it could be for the yeah. Lakers. Uh, you brought up Damon Stoudemire, and this is my number two guy is Rasheed Wallace, and basically oh, the yeah. entire Jail Blazers. Uh-huh. Um, you know, you had I think Zach Randolph was on that team, Bonzi Wells, Damon Stoudemire. Scotty Pippen was Scottie on the Pippen. team. Yep. Uh, I didn't really hate Scotty just because of the Bulls thing, but he was obviously still really good with the Blazers. Um, but Rasheed Wallace, the little hair dot on the back of his head. I don't know if it's a birthmark. I'm not trying to be rude or a dick, but I just remember always, every time he made a shot, like, and his stupid mark on his head. Like I just remember like being so pissed off about Rasheed Wallace. And he got 41 technicals in a year once. It's still the record <laughs> for most um, – and not only was he a pain in the ass with the Blazers, he was a he beat the Lakers with the Pistons. Yeah, he, I was gonna bring that up. So to me, Rasheed Wallace, the Jail Blazers, just I mean, what's crazy about this list for us though, so far is at least for mine, is that yeah, like I hated these guys, but they were always beating these guys yeah. because you know we talk about moments when the Kings, when you brought up my big being Robert Ory, how about that moment that no one will ever forget with Shaq alley oop against the Blazers? Mm-hmm. So these like. It's 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 funny because like in the moment you hate these guys, but looking back, they produce some of the best memories as, as a Laker fan. Yeah, I think there's like a level of I don't know if I'd go as far as saying respect, but I mean in terms of those Kings teams, like I respect those teams. Like like they gave the Lakers Lakers some of the best playoff games ever. Like I I dislike them, but they were damn good teams. Like one of the only teams who could match up against Shaq and Kobe. So yeah, like I even though they never beat the Lakers, there is a level of like, like I'm grateful to have seen those games and for those players to have been on those teams at that moment. So yeah, like, uh, and for Rashid Wallace, like you said, a guy who was on two different teams who kind of hurt the Lakers with the Blazers and obviously that Pistons series. I'm always going to remember those like little turnaround, like post fadeaways he would always hit, like especially in that final series with the Pistons. Like just, he's another guy who would just step his game up against the Lakers. And he always did it in Air Force Ones. Yeah, just like, like he just, how does that even possible? Those are those are a comfort shoe. That's not an athletic <laughs> shoe. Yeah, and he also kind of has that face you were talking about earlier. Yep. Just very uh, 
He has a lot of like, I mean, he has a lot of Draymond Green in him, but he was actually really good. Like, you know, like Rashid Wallace led teams to championships, whereas Draymond was the, 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 you know, the piece. But Rashid Wallace was just like, that's what made it even more annoying was that, yeah, he talked all this shit. Yeah, he had all these technicals. Yeah, he complained a lot like Blake Griffin. You're like, yeah, he was annoying, but he was still good. And you're like, damn it, man. Like, that, that makes it even worse. No, for sure. No, yeah, I am definitely have a I'm, – I'm always going to remember that finals against the Pistons and that, that, that how frustrating it was, and he was a big part of that. I wonder how good he felt when he beat the Lakers with the Pistons. Like, dude, I tried so long with Portland, and I couldn't freaking do it, and they got – Gary Payne, Carl Malone, Kobe, and Shaq now, and we beat him like four to one. Like that had to feel so good for him. I remember how bad I felt, so I can imagine how great he felt. Yeah, like that team ended that streak. Like Kobe, Shaq broke up right after that. Shaq got traded. Like it, it was an end of an era, and he played a big part of that. Why they lost? Do you? I wonder. I don't think anybody would put Shaq on a list like this, but I wonder if we did this list in 2007 or eight after Shaq won with the heat, if Shaq would enter this, this list, you know, because Kobe still stayed a Laker, you know, Shaq came out with Kobe. Tell me how my ass tastes and all, you know, like it was a messy breakup. Kobe Shaq went on and won with the heat with Dwayne Wade. And it's just like, and then the Lakers struggled until they beat the Celtics again. So I wonder if Shaq, like before they beat the Celtics and after Shaq won, if Shaq would have entered a list like this for us back then. I don't know. I remember when I was a kid and when it happened, I definitely was like upset at Shaq. Like I wanted so badly for Kobe to beat him on Christmas. Like I, I remember wanting the Lakers to beat the Heat so bad every time they would match up. Even if they had the worst record and they weren't going to make the playoffs, I just wanted them to beat the Heat and beat Shaq. And, uh, but I, I mean, that was dumb at that point. And, you know, Shaq gave everything to LA, like three championships, like was amazing. So, uh, I mean, it's like a prisoner of the moment type thing where, at that point, at that season, based on everything that happened, I, I, I wanted the Lakers to beat the Heat really badly. Yeah, for sure. All right, so that was my number two was the JL Blazers. Basically, Rasheed Wallace, but the, the the entire JL Blazers team. What about you? Number two, I picked – it was tough. Again, it was – there was multiple players on this team that I disliked, um, but I picked Rajah Bell from the Suns. Oh, wow. I forgot about that. Yeah, uh that was probably the most like heartbreaking of uh, the playoff series. I like was actively involved watching. Like I remember that Tim Thomas three, that was like a backbreaker against the Lakers and just Steve Nash, just another, again, another point guard who they just could not contain. He would just hit every three and make every pass, but it was Rajah Bell, his defense on Kobe specifically, how dirty he was. Was he the Kobe stopper? No, that was Tony Allen, right? Well, I know there's like multiple guys who that called himself. So, I know it was like Tony Allen uh, was uh, Ruben, Ruben Patterson, Patterson or something. Yeah. yeah. Did Rajah Bell though? I, I have a feeling like he called himself that. He was the time. guy the Suns, uh, yeah, assigned to Kobe. He was the guy who guarded Kobe for almost every game, every possession, and like, yeah, like he did a good job. Like credit to him, he he played him tough as hell, but he also was really dirty. He would get in his face. Another guy like. Like Doug Christie, who would make a few threes. Like he would make threes. Like he'd open, he'd make a three, but then make you know that he hit that three. He'd look at the Lakers bench, and then he famously like clotheslined Kobe for like a flagrant foul. And he was just really dirty and just a guy who I, I disliked. And I thought he was like the I hated the Suns. I hated that Suns team because the Lakers were so close to beating them, and they blew it. And just his again another guy with that type of face and just 
I, I really disliked Rush Bell. I'm watching the clothesline from Game Five right now. Yeah, it's just like his, like his smile after. Yeah, this is just like, oh, screw that guy. You know what I mean? He, he I was mean, so happy to, to like he, he knew that he was under Kobe's skin. He he was there just to rough him up, and if they if Kobe hit him or something got suspended, he did his job. Like he he just wanted to annoy Kobe. And that I mean, he did a great job. Yeah, he, he did, did a really <laughs> good job. So I mean, and I think didn't like. I think Raja like came out and like after he retired and he like didn't he say like I genuinely hated him like so, I genuinely hated Kobe Bryant when we played yeah it was something like that like those two didn't like did not like each other it's great though that's the kind of stuff that like that's why Patrick Beverly has a name right now because of what kind of things that Raja Bell did you know get in someone's face uh, you know he Patrick Beverly loves going up against LeBron James and like loves talking trash to LeBron James and you can see like Listen, LeBron and Kobe, they get everybody's best shot day in and day out. But every now and then, those guys get under their skin and guys win. So I, I, I like that one. I, I forgot about Rajah Bell. But I do remember um, always wanting Leandro Barbosa to be a Laker. I love Leandro <laughs> yeah. Barbosa, dude. He was so fun to watch. I thought he was underrated. Um, I thought when he tried to take like 15 shots a game, it wasn't very good. But when he was just being him, he was so good to watch and so fun to watch. Again, another quick point guard the Lakers could not contain. Yep. yep. All right. Well, my number one, I'm sure, is probably the same as your number one and should probably be every Lakers number one, uh, Mr. Wheelchair, Paul Pierce. <laughs> it is. It is my number one, yes. <laughs> <laughs> How can it not be, man? I mean, he continues to just be annoying on television. Uh, the fact that he finished his career with the Clippers was just, like, great. Mm-hmm. Um Another Draymond Green shout out for saying you ain't Kobe on the bench. Yep. You thought you were gonna get a retirement tour. That that gave me so much joy in my soul when I saw that video. But I mean, dude, I can't even watch the highlight of him getting carried carried out like that onto a wheelchair and then coming back after he shit himself and like <laughs> and just beating the Lakers that series. Like, I don't think I've ever felt worse as a Lakers fan than when they lost that first series to those three. Yeah. No, and it made that that next finals win so much better. It did. Like, I, I I hate again another team. Like I don't, I don't know if I hated that team. Like I, but I just was really frustrated and annoyed by them and how like 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 Paul Pierce. I, I I really dislike Paul Pierce. Like in terms of being a player, like even now he's so bitter. Like when he does like ESPN stuff for Laker games, like you could you could feel that like disdain he has for the Lakers and just he like he's not uh non-biased at all like he shows his Celtics pride when it comes to that and just he of that final series the faking the injury and hitting the three just I don't know I, I'm always gonna dislike Paul Pierce for a ton of reasons there's a ton of reasons a ton of reasons but the only reason that matters to me is the wheelchair game like that game is forever burned in my memory you know like I can never unsee what happened him coming back out and just crushing it after all that crap you know like literal crap um like i just i remember saw memes i think they were wearing white that game they were they were wearing white and there was like a poop stain or something (laughs) i i want that picture in the in a museum next to the mona lisa it's just it was so crazy in the moment like i remember they were trying to play it off like it was like this miraculous comeback that he survived this horrible injury and at the moment at the time i did think he was injured like i thought oh shit like he actually got hurt and then uh, of course, like when he came back, like literally three minutes later, like yeah, this guy faked it. Like everybody yeah. knew. Like and then Dude, he hit have three, you ever seen, right away? 
till this day, a wheelchair has never been seen on an NBA court since. <laughs> like, what player has been taken out on a wheelchair? Like, has a stretcher happened? Sure. Like, has people got, have people, players have obviously gotten seriously injured. We've seen some crazy broken legs, Paul George, stuff like that. Like, we've seen some crazy ass shit on a basketball court. I don't remember seeing a wheelchair ever again. Oh, yeah. And, uh, like, I think, I don't know, like, in terms of, like, where he stands, in terms of his legacy, like, another great, like, he's a great, great player when he was in his prime. But I, it always felt like he, he never reached the status of other guys like Kobe. And he was always bitter about that. And he always kind of, he, he, always kind of has that on his shoulder and you could the way he talks and interviews or just kind of recounts stuff like stories like he can feel that like that how upset it makes him and i think that's he doesn't like hide that though he feels like he's way better than what he gets credit for exactly and the fact that he won that finals will probably get him into the hall of fame which makes it even worse like, look, I like I don't hate the guy personally, but I think like he'll be a Hall of Famer because he has a ring, you know, and he was his stats were great when he was a Celtic. And, you know, Ray Allen made a lot of clutch shots. KG was there, too. But I still think that finals win will get him into the Hall of Fame. Unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty bitter. I mean, that's as bitter as I get. Like there's two moments in the history of the NBA where I am just straight up bitter about. And that's David Stern canceling the Chris Paul trade. Yeah. And Paul Pierce wheelchair. Like those two, I almost put David Stern on this list, but I don't want to be a dick because I know he recently passed. Yeah. Um, but Paul Pierce and that moment that David Stern did, like those are two moments that I, that I just will never forget and will never not be pissed about. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I, again, you can list that whole team off, but Paul Pierce is the, the face of that team. And, yeah what like just yeah everything about pierce again like i say like just him on espn still like irks me like the way he talks i I don't know something about him just annoys me in general yeah and uh yeah i i actually i think i tweeted it once because i i remember i tuned in to watch a laker game that was only on espn but i tuned in like 10 minutes early and he was on the tv i legit changed it right away i was like i'm not watching this guy talk about the lakers like i just it's like you're never going to get an unbiased opinion out of him about the Lakers. So I'm just not going to waste my time. Yeah, exactly. So anyways, that's our list. That's a lot of memory lane right there. It's a lot of hate, but oh, well, uh, it was a fun one. I like that. I don't know what we're going to do next week, but we're going to, we'll probably keep doing lists because it seems to be pretty easy. Yeah. I like the list. We got to come up with something in terms of the Lakers, I guess, but uh, yeah. yeah. So to just, if you, the the good news though, no Lakers have coronavirus anymore, and hopefully they all stay that way because just because they didn't get it doesn't mean they can't get it. So um, that's gonna do it for us. Uh, check out Alex on Twitter at Alex M Regla. Check out his newsletter, The Throwdowns. Subscribe to that. Open it. Read it. Por favor. Uh, I'm Alex Padilla at Alex Padilla eighty six. Subscribe to this Silver Screen and Roll podcast on Spotify and Apple. And Alex, any final words? Any 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 predictions on WrestleMania? Oh, any what's the main event? Because didn't Roman Reigns back out because he has leukemia and he's being safe? Uh, yeah, we don't know. We actually don't know who's actually participating or not at this point. But uh, uh, I think the main event will probably be uh, Edge versus Randy Orton. And I think you say uh, Edge? Edge, he is back. 
Edge, the spear guy. Edge is back. He made his Edge return. and Christian, the table ladder and chairs Christian, guy. Edge. Yeah, Edge is back. Is yeah. he a vampire again? No, he's not a vampire oh, anymore. Damn it. Uh, but he is back, and he actually might be in the main event since Reigns is out. So probably Orton versus Edge. I think Edge wins. I did see on March 16th Stone Cold Steve Austin chugging some beers and Stone Cold stunning some people. Is he going to be in WrestleMania? I mean, I would. he might make like a little appearance or something, but... uh. At this point, it's just weird because it's uh, again, there's no fans, so it's right. an empty arena. Uh, they're doing their events in like their performance center, like their training center. So it's going to be the strangest WrestleMania ever, probably of all time. Yeah, yeah. of all time. Is my boy uh, Bill Goldberg still a champion? He's the champ. He was supposed to fight Reigns before Reigns dropped out. So we have to. We don't know who's going to fight Goldberg at this point. It's a mystery. Bill Goldberg is a uh, is a, a San Diegan who I've met a couple times, and he's just like the coolest nicest guy and every time that i've met him i like still kind of have many freakouts because he was the goat on he wcw was, man he was, he huge, was so yeah. good his uh his his uh finishing move was awesome his spears were he just was so powerful and athletic and i loved and then now that i i've met him a couple times i was just like freak out every time so uh shout and he's what 50 something he's something like that and he's a champ so is yeah. undertaker gonna come wrestle and be undefeated in wrestlemania or did that finish yeah he he got beat already so he's not undefeated anymore but he is wrestling again this uh wrestlemania so man man that's crazy <laughs> they should bring out like every old school wrestler like mankind uh mcfoley who else yeah. was like uh the nation of domination yeah, with the uh, rock. I'm trying to think. Farouk. To, yeah, but, Farouk and Bradshaw. They should bring yeah. back the Dudley Boys. <laughs> just bring everyone back. They just bring the a 90s. TLC match. Oh, Degeneration X. That would be awesome. That would be like if Triple H goes back to DX. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I they know, could, I'm just throwing ideas out. At this point, they, at this point, they're gonna have to bring everyone back since everybody's <laughs> dropping out. So. All right, man. Well, enjoy WrestleMania. <laughs> I will talk to you next Tuesday, and uh, yeah, we'll see you guys all next week. See ya. See ya.